The Talking Point with Kathy Motlasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Well, let's get straight into our thinking point, and we're going to be looking at the allegations of racism at Wurskul Jan Falun in Ranfontein, west of Johannesburg. Of course, there's now an investigation to try and get to the bottom of what happened, the uh, human the Human Rights Commission is also going to be brought in uh, to investigate. Yesterday, police using rubber bullets uh, to disperse some parents and and learners who were protesting outside of the school. And they've accused the provincial government of not listening to them uh, following that particular incident. Lovelyn Nwadei is a social justice strategist and director of LN Advisors. Lovelyn, good morning to you and, and thanks for your time this morning. Thanks for having me, Kathy. You know, I, I was reading this piece by the Sowetan today and it was really quite telling in terms of what the young people say happened that that, that led to this conflict. And I just want to uh, read part of, 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 of what they, they had written down. So basically they say, we're playing our music and dancing. The white kids said, this is not our place and we should leave. We left them and went to another area. They followed us and started punching us. They were even insulting us, calling us the K-word. In a situation like this, of course, there is going to be a lot of he said, she said. What advice would you have in terms of what needs to be done to get to the bottom of the truth here? Yeah, I think that's a great question, Kathy, because I think in, in times like these, our default or knee-jerk reaction is, you know, just to intervene and deal with the specific incident at hand. Um, and of course, that incident needs to be dealt with, but even, you know, from the reading and listening I've been doing, it does sound like details are sketchy. My advice would always be to take a holistic view of what has been happening at the school. And what I mean by that is, yes, you might have had an incident on Friday that was, you know, the last straw that pushed the situation over the edge. Mm. But when I listen to comments from different parents who were at the protests uh, yesterday, when I l- look at some of the, the stories that have been put out, you keep hearing the theme of, we reported XYZ three years ago. We reported this four years ago. We told the principal about that two years ago, and nothing has been done. So it does sound to me, again, I don't have the full details, but from the bits that I've gathered, it does sound to me like we've got a bigger issue here around how, as a school community, they have been responding to various incidents and various concerns about abuses of power, about bullying, about racism, about sexual harassment, and this builds up. Uh, has led to this moment that pushed that school over the edge. And so as a, as a I guess, a, a community of, of listeners, we shouldn't just be stuck on this moment. This moment is important, but we actually need to take a step back and say, is there a pattern at this school? That whether we are reporting bullies, I remember there was a case in 2018 at the school where it was a, a, a girl who was actually bullying a younger a boy uh, and, and, uh, and physically assaulting him, whether it's an incident of sexual harassment which has been reported over the years against one of the teachers, or whether it's ongoing incidents of racism, 
we need to look at the whole picture and say what's actually going on here, what's the pattern, mm. because that's going to give us the insight. You can't just deal with racism on its own. You can deal with racism, but if it's existing in a system where generally the school community is comfortable with various forms of oppression, today it's racism, tomorrow it's GBD, tomorrow it's homophobia. It's all part of the same system. One of the things that uh, I also quite found interesting was um, a number of the learners saying that you have grade 12 learners that generally seem to be harassing grade 8 learners. So you have a grade, grade 12 white learners who generally harass grade 8 black learners. And this took me back to the times of orientation. And it's really about mm-hmm. cultures that are allowed mm-hmm. to exist and prevail in schools, especially mm-hmm. in schools that are now, you know, described as as former Model C schools. There are behaviors that are kind of, you know, pushed aside. Oh, no, it's not that serious. No, we're just helping you. Uh, get accustomed to the environment. You are the young ones here, so you must take that abuse. It's it's part of the way that we are welcoming you into our space. That's the sense that it left me with, Lovelyn. Mm, yeah, and I think that that's so true, right? So many of these orientation practices in, in many of our schools are actually remnants and hangovers of, you know, of the past, right? Whether it's you know, former um, uh, church schools which have very strong colonial histories or whether it's former uh, uh, ex-model state schools which have very strong apartheid histories and segregationist histories. Most of these orientation practices are actually hangovers of the past. Um, And so part of what we see is a normalizing of abuse as part of facilitating a process of belonging, right? So oftentimes, um, and you see this especially in boys' schools, but I mean, I went to an all-girls school and... You know, very embarrassed to say that actually when I was in school, we also had this thing of enjoying being matrix and, and being a bit harsh on, on our grade eight, right? Um, but, but what I'm getting to is if we're normalizing various forms of abuse between children as a way to facilitate belonging, that once you go through this process of being treated badly, you now get to be one of us, we need to ask really important questions about what it is that we understand a school to be what we understand community to be, and what we understand belonging to mean. And so for me, it's that when these, these uh, patterns are, are normalized, it comes as no surprise, right, that these, this facilitates a culture of silence. But even then, when you do stand up and report an, an incident of racism or report that you're being sexually harassed or report that you're being bullied, it goes unheard because it's just assumed to be the way things are. I mean, I heard one of the parents uh, being interviewed yesterday saying, ah, oh, you know, boys, boys will be boys. This isn't about racism. Mm. This is just, you know, boys, uh, you know, just fooling around and, and, you know, being aggressive towards each other. And my jaw hit the floor. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, where are we in 2022 that we're normalizing uh, racism and we're normalizing incidents of bullying and violence between children by saying boys will be boys, right? So for me, there's a really honest conversation that needs to happen about what are the nuances that are playing out here and how can we, you know, address those properly so that we don't get stuck in this moment of outrage because mm-hmm. we're really good at doing that in South Africa. This month it's Hursu for Yun. Next month it's Oferval. Next month it's another school. And actually it's because we get stuck in the hype of the moment without looking at how did we get here in the first place. 
Let's leave it uh, on this note then, Loveland, because the point that you're raising is that ultimately these incidents continue to take place because of the society in which we live. And if, in fact, we see schools as a microcosm of the society and a reflection uh, in terms of mirroring the issues in broader society, Mm. then it should come as no surprise for a country like Mm. South Africa that these are the issues Mm. that our schools are still grappling with because we as a society have not fully Mm. grappled and resolved these issues amongst ourselves. Exactly. And I think part of part of the, the consequence of this is that you then see when parents are in combined forums to address these issues, those forums often descend into chaos. Because precisely even as the adults in the society, for example, if we're talking about race, we do have a very racially illiterate society. And so if you're having conversations, say, between white parents and parents of color, often we will miss each other in those conversations because we ourselves haven't had honest conversations about what do we understand racism to mean? What do we understand oppression to mean? And so people walk around with this assumption that if I don't hate a black person or if I don't hate a person of color, I can't be racist. And I always call our attention to the fact that in this country, racism is built into the DNA of this country. It is built into the air we breathe, the water in our taps is built into our systems. Similarly, when it comes to violence between, uh, you know, between genders, right, is that if we don't understand that patriarchy and various forms of violence are based into how we exist as a society, and if we as parents, as adults, aren't able to teach our children honestly that this is how systems of power work, this is how systems of oppression work. This is your part in changing this. This is your part that you can't change. If we're not having those conversations, what do we think we're going to pass on to our children? Of course, this is where we're going to end up. So in, a, in many ways, as the adults, we need to do better mm. in how we are confronting these issues as well. Lovelyn, let me thank you so much for your time today. Lovelyn Nwadeyi, rather, is a social justice strategist and director of LN Advisors. And what she says is so important is that not to get stuck in the moment, but let's look at the broader issues. Let's get the broader perspective because we have this conversation year in, year out. So what are the lessons that we are learning? I think even in other schools, you know, Why is society more broadly seemingly not learning the lessons and doing what they can to do better? I'll hear your views on 011-7142006. I see a number of you already lined up. We'll take those WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. And on Twitter, it's at SFM Radio, the hashtag SAFM Talking Point.